You know when you go to the Medina Hotel and everything looks like a fantasy where it's like, hey, didn't you always want to fuck in an aquarium? And it looks like, you know, you're just like two little turtles like going at it. What? Um, it's just Aquaman fucking. That's Aquaman in a porno. Just air bubbles coming from down here and up there. Just like... Hello, welcome to Kite Club podcast. Uh, the first rule of Kite Club is uh, tell everyone about Kite Club. Uh, the second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. And the third rule is uh, like and subscribe. Thank you, former President Barack Obama, for being a listener, a first, probably our first listener. And welcome back. We are excited that you are joining us once again. I'm Jonathan Kite. With me, as always, is producer Paul Corey. Ooh, 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 in the building. Tempe Improv, I'm coming to see you. You know I am. I'll be there June 29th through July 2nd. We got tons of shows, going to be special guests. It's going to be a crazy lineup. Please come see me. We're going to have a great time. Spend 4th of July uh, like a patriot. I'm only going to be doing pro-America jokes the whole weekend. God bless America. I'm going to lead everybody into, we'll be singing Star Single Banner. It's going to be uh, pretty much just American karaoke. We're going to do uh, country songs. Uh, that's it. So just come out and see us. We're going to have an unbelievable time out there. Get your tickets at JonathanKideComedy.com for all the dates. You're probably wondering why uh, I look like a dirty pile of laundry today. <laughs> I just got back from Austin. I was there for the week end uh, during Moon Tower, Tom, uh, Moon Tower Comedy Fest was going on all weekend long or for the past two weeks or whatever, I came out to do some shows. Austin is, uh, is a great time. If you haven't been to Austin, go there. Great city, fun comedy city. The only thing about Austin is like Pleasure Island from the movie Pinocchio. Eat all you can, be a glutton, stuff yourselves. It's all free, boys, it's all free. If you stay there long enough as a tourist, you wind up turning into livestock. <laughs> you know when they're playing pool, him and Lampwick? That was a deep cut, Lampwick. When they're playing pool and then he starts to turn into a donkey, that's what I start to look like. I slowly turn into the first half of a Tide commercial where you're never, you're never going to get these stains out. It's, it's, it, it's, it's real rough on your boy. I come back and uh, it looks like when I, I remember I approached the gate agent Flying Delta, because uh, I've made it. And the gate agent, when they check me in all the time, I feel like when I fly back from Austin, I look like a drug deal went wrong. That I've got to go home and we have to fix something bad. I'm just surprised that I show up with both my shoes to the airport. I can't get that early flight. There's some people that were flying out at like 5 a.m. after I'm going, it, it looks, by the way, we flew out at 3. It looked like I was flying out at 5 a.m. My face was brought to them by sleepy time tea. And because I don't really drink, like, I drink when I, if you, if you see me out and I'm doing shows and stuff, like, I'm definitely drinking. But I don't really drink that much when I'm in L.A. I'm not that big of a drinker. But when I go on the road, I'm making up for all the people that don't drink in the world. I'm just going out and shots. I mean, I was out till 5 a.m. every single night when I was there. And... I, you know why I ha I'm okay with this? Uh, I'm, I'm giving myself a pep talk. Just get, it, get it, bro. Yeah. I'm okay with this because I already look like I've been out till 5 a.m. <laughs> so I feel like I'm cheating myself if I don't drink myself silly because then I have no excuse. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a tired looking guy who has no kids. People are like, get some sleep. I'm like, these are just genetics. So Don't I'm going to get some kids. Yo, dude, get some kids <laughs> is, um, is, is, is a new service, my kidnapping service. Where you, you, it's like an adoption agency, but there's no vetting process. You just go like a lobster tank. We go to a park. We pull up in a in a Chevy in a in a, in a Malibu, right? We just roll down real slow. You pick a kid like a lobster tank. We get you that kid. Yep. Yo, let's go. <laughs> and but the thing is, like, I I've I'm always looking like this, right? So because I'm not a weed guy. A lot of I know it's I slowly look like I'm morphing into a bad wax sculpture of Seth Rogen. And forever I looked, I, I, I used to smoke weed all the time, but it really fucked with my voice. So when I'm doing like impressions and stuff, 
like the next day, my voice would be totally gone. And so it it also was like kind of screwing with my memory. So I was just like, I'm not going to be doing weed anymore. But it's like every time, by the way, I look like a drug dealer. I think I've said this before. I know like something is wrong. Like I'll be at a club or something and like the hottest chick at the club is talking to me and I'm, I'm like, yeah, she's trying to buy drugs off me. Like she thinks I have drugs. I just need to start carrying drugs so that I can meet these women. Cause that's what they, I mean, it's like, I'm. That's how most of LA gets laid. Dude, I just got to go in like a watch salesman, you know, like instead of having the Rollies, I go, what do you want? I go, hey, what do you want? I got opium. I got Zannies. I got, uh, what's that, what's that, what's that, what's the, uh, what's the, the pill that makes, uh, the Kardashians thin? It's not okay though, it's not. Ozempic, right? Ozempic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got Ozempic, I got it all. What you need from me? They, they, I'm telling you, people, I remember I was, yeah, I was at Hyde. This, these girls walked right up to me and they're like, where can we get Coke? I was like, wow, that is flattering that you think I got that Coke money. Um, I do sound like I got that drip. I'm wearing the drip and I got that drip. Yeah. Back of the Yeah, yeah. My throat, Yeah. I dress so well, even the back of my throat got drip. Yeah, man. man <laughs> just my, throw that my, up. Yeah, just like, mm, just. Mm. Um, but it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, because that's the thing. I think people already, or I look like somebody who's just got out of rehab and is doing well. I have that, I just have that hangdog kind of face. I don't, hey, 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 I, uh, I wish I did smoke. If I smoked and drank and was a drug dealer at the party, people would be like, that's what that guy was supposed to do with his life. But I said, no, I said, no, I want to be, uh, I want to be a, a comedian, a podcaster. Uh, I want to be an actor. I want to be all this other stuff. So, but then I do those movies and those TV shows. And then I play an alcoholic drug addict who sells drugs to women at clubs in movies. That's what typecasting is. Yeah. They, they look at me and they're like, oh, sorry, sir. Oh, there, there's, there's not a recovering heroin addict in this. And I got, I got the veins for it. You can't even see it, but it look, dude, it looked like Google Maps here. Bro, it looks like the highway, this 409. I mean, come on. This spray is so clean. And this one looks like 405. And this is the 10. Just, uh, I look, I, I just do. I look like the guy who either has drugs or who needs drugs. I'm surprised more people don't just try to get me to buy. Because I feel like when I'm in a bar... It, it, I, not, and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm a bad drunk. Watch, there's going to be police footage tomorrow that comes out simultaneously with this podcast that just proves everything I'm telling you right now. But I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a crazy drunk. I don't, I don't drink and drive. I just think I'm one of these guys who I'm drinking enough where it always just looks like I'm going through some shit, but which is not true, but it's like lean into it. And in Austin, I, I, I lean so far into it. I fall. And so I was, so this weekend the shows were awesome. The Sunset uh, Strip just opened in Austin on 6th Street. Check that out if you're there. I did a show called Don't Tell, which is a pop-up show. They have them all over. I think they're in 45 cities. And I performed in a gazebo bucket list that this guy, this this artist, he bought like an acre or two of land. And he is every, you know when you go to the Madonna Hotel and everything looks like a fantasy where it's like, hey, didn't you always want to fuck in an aquarium? And it looks like, you know, you're just like two little turtles, like me going at it. What? Um, it's just Aquaman fucking. That's Aquaman in a porno. Just air bubbles coming from down here and up there. Just like. But they had, this guy had a property like that where like there was just so much diversity on the property. Uh, not, not people, obviously. It was Texas. No, no, there are uh, clearly. But there were all these, there was one that looked like a forest setting that just looked like, have you always wanted to have dinner in Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream? He had a bus that was the green room for us. And in the back, he had um, a nice, a cafe set up. It was beautiful. And he did everything himself. That was, so the gazebo it had to be like 50 feet high. It was, it was gorgeous. It looked like something that was on that, that tree, uh, the treehouse competition show on TLC. But it's funny because when I feel like when, a, when women go, oh, this guy is good with his hands, that's what they think that they're getting from a guy, that this guy is just Paul Bunyan and that he's just like this woodworking god. There's no, this guy, this was the most incredible gazebo I've ever seen in my life. This, it was so structurally sound. I have no idea how this guy built this thing. It, it, it was like the pyramid. And I say that as a Jew. I know how those got built. 
We secretly passed on the information. That's what they tell you when you get bar and bat mitzvah. We spread the Jew secret how we built those pyramids. And, and let me tell you, it was uh, not good. But we had a great time. I was just happy to be out of town because Coachella was happening this weekend. I don't know how many of you guys went to Coachella. I went to Coachella one time and my, uh, my cousin's band was playing. It was awesome, but the whole place smells like a porta potty. It's miserable. And you're like, how is it possible? We're outdoors. It all smells like a petting zoo, but you can't find the animals. It's just like, I feel like there's just people like taking shits everywhere. It's like you're just rummaging around a cat box. And, and when I went, everyone, I guess it was a year that they were really trying to stop the drug trafficking going through there. I'm like, yeah, good luck. Everybody had secret compartments and was just all my, everybody that I was with in the group was just muling drugs back and forth. You know, it, it felt like that's what it was for. It, it felt like, by the way, that's why I was perfectly fitting in there. Because you bet your ass they double-checked me. Yeah, you had no drugs on Bro, you. they let everyone go through, and they were like, this guy's carrying them all. Like, I was wearing a fat suit that was full of cocaine and guilt. Because I got stopped. I remember they weren't stopping people, and then I... And by the way, I was wearing the shortest shorts. It's like they were getting sucked into my butthole. I almost had a thong on. It was so <laughs> hot. And... and it was so sandy. It was it was it was like Fury Road themed. My cousin was playing drums in the band, and he actually he got his cornea um, uh, damaged because of, of the the intense sands and the and the wind being blown. So you're fight you're you're listening to music, and you're it feels like we're all just listening to the guitar player in the front of that Fury Road thing, where we're all just sort of battling the elements just to be there live. I mean, it was a fun experience. But at the same time, I think it's one of those things that just it looks so much better on TV or like on YouTube or whatever people watch it, where it's like you're going from from place to place. It, I, we were all just Jews wandering around the desert looking for water tents, and and it was a little insulting that they that I I mean I was re, you know there was a real stop and frisk with me for the drugs. I don't even think that guy worked there. I just think that he thought I had drugs on him. That's what I would do, by the way. I would dress up like a security guard and go around and bust people for drugs. If I was, I feel like that would, that's what smart drug addicts should do. I feel like that they would just, they would have elaborate costumes and that they would just go around and be busting the place up. This is genius. I mean, come the fuck This is on. genius. And then resell it to everybody Bro, else. Bro, and then resell it as, you'd have to look homeless enough like me. So I would play both parts. So I would... I would have a, a quick change costume where I'd be where I'd have on you know I'd wear sort of a, like Jedi clothes or whatever so no one would know it was me. But then I would have a security guard character and go around bust all the drugs, then throw on the hood, throw on everything right, and then and then a little sunglasses, maybe a long beard or whatever. And dude, and then and you sell other things right? You sell dream catchers, crystals, you know, real estate in the metaverse, whatever, and. You're there, and when people come up to you wanting to buy that, you kind of go, Psst. and then if they go, they're undercover cops, you have the security guard outfit underneath, and you go, I'm an undercover <laughs> cop, bro. Then you never get caught. Dude, we're going to make a lot of money bro, next year, dude. Dude, you're like, you're under arrest, sir. I go, you're under arrest, sir. I'm like, I'm on your team, bro. Dude, it's it's perfect. It's genius. It's, uh, it's genius. Because I, I do think that I'm the type of looking guy that that is the perfect narc. For these undercover operations. I think I, I could walk into those places and, and I go, this guy looks unstable enough where this guy might be selling drugs. But dude, and then and then what I have on underneath the the cop uniform, if if the, if they're doing it to me, then they pull off their cop uniform and they're just, you know, like, oh no, man, we're just oh shit. No, 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 we're you know, we're not cops. You know, they like they then then I pull out underneath as well, like I'm a Russian doll of clothing. And I'm like, dude, me neither. You wanna buy some drugs? <laughs> But then if they're like, no, we were tricking you, our cops, you got to have one more layer underneath there. And I'm like, just kidding, busted. I have to have just like all these badges underneath, dude. Just layers but, of life. But they're puka shell necklaces. So like they just don't appear until you're like, freeze. And they're like, just kidding. And I'm like, me too. And then I pull back the badge and the bag of Coke is in the badge. Oh my God. I'm selling drugs and drug costumes. I was like, hey, it's like my version of, of, of a pyramid scheme. I was like, now, if you can do this, sell this to three of your buddies and you're on my team now. You're on my squad. 
this uh my this this little gnat is is trying to get in on our deal <laughs> he's like i want in mm. he's he's tweaking right now <laughs> I just see this little guy fly by, and he's like, <laughs> but he's got like six of them. He found he's some got of three your little arms going to the three other arms, going, "Come on, man, I just need a hit." <laughs> but I had so, but also like, and I know this is how, like, I know I'm getting old, but I don't recognize anybody at Coachella. Like, I recognize like ten of the bands or whatever, or ten of the artists, and then I didn't recognize anybody else. And so, I mean, I, obviously, it's a huge deal. It's interesting that it, it's so funny because Coachella is one of those things where, and I'm glad that it exists. I think it's really cool that California has that, but it's so funny that Coachella is like the thing where people go, oh dude, I used to go when it was like way better and now it's like super corporate. I'm like, dude, anything that lasts is super corporate. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that people go, that, that they're like, I, I, I used to go when it was just like, you know, we were all just hanging out in a sandbox playing drum circles. I'm like, that's Venice Beach, dude. You're not, Post Malone ain't showing up to that. Now, a homeless guy that looks like Post Malone might. And me. <laughs> two weekends, bro. It got Dude. so big that they had to turn it into two weekends. Two weekends. But it's this, and I know people that get the two weekend pass. Yeah, I do too. But those people have issues. Well, it's like, you can buy drugs in LA. <laughs> like, do you think that that's where you're like, Dude, I better go for two weekends and stock up for the year? Like the grasshopper and the ant from the old fable. Just got to tuck all that cocaine away for the, for the winter, the snow for the snowy months. And the thing is, I wonder, because when I went with a bunch of people, oh, that's the other thing is like, it's soup, everything is super far. Like we even got a house that was sort of on the outskirts, like right there. The Uber situation trying to get out of there, holy hell. Miserable. It's, it's insane. It's like the, the lifeboats of the Titanic. We lost a lot of good men that weekend at Coachella. People just lived there. Now they're nomads. Now they're just sand people from Star Wars. I got to work on that impression. But they're just people. But it is super fun. But then you realize like you you go through so much. I mean, yeah, it's, it is. It's the, it's the Jews wandering the desert. With, that's why you do the drugs. Because it's like you're there. You, you, there's so much walking around and sort of going around. You're like... I don't want to experience reality. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to drink what I can. And it's it's so funny because to sneak stuff on there, I mean, it's like, God forbid you got busted leaving that you didn't finish all the drugs. And then you guys, guys we all have to do this. We all have to do this ketamine right now. <laughs> Hurry. Yeah. Dude, you know what you don't see? I never saw drug sniffing dogs there. If they announced that there were drug-sniffing dogs, Coachella would be done. No one's going to Coachella. No one's paying those prices and going out two days in the desert to not have the peyote trip of a lifetime. Or we create vacuum-sealed, non-sniffing bags and make a lot of money during Coachella. Dude, that's what this podcast has turned into. We should just start selling all the shit we talk about. So... What about the peanut butter jar? Isn't that the thing, right? Where you, you could put it in peanut butter? Oh, oh, peanut butter and coffee. Doesn't it sound like right now that I'm clearly a narc trying to like pretending not to know how to do this? I mean, if this doesn't work out, dude, I, I think I'm going to fund you being a drug dealer. Dude, I, yeah, somebody needs to. Because, but here's the thing. I think some days I look like I'm there. I, I'm always look like I should be in the, in the opium den. But I think that some days I look like an ally and sometimes I don't. Like I bet there's certain circles. I probably have to lose about 30 pounds. If I lose 30 pounds, I could be, the, I could be, I could be number one narc. If you lost 30 pounds, you would look like the, Matthew McConaughey in that one movie, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. Buyers Club. It, it wrecked him <laughs> so much. I, I'll tell you this. One time I did, a, I did a juice cleanse for like a week and then I tried solid foods. And holy shit, did it hurt. It was like my body had, that's why they start babies on soft stuff so that it can just kind of like a, like you're piping out frosting, just like a, not me, man. I started with salmon and rice because I was starving and holy shit, I almost blew my asshole out. 
Dude, it, my stomach shrank so much, but I, I just like wolfed down some poke after I had, and it was unbelievable. It's like I had never, it's like somebody had sewed my butthole closed. It's like they sewed the wrong hole closed after surgery. And I just could, it felt like, remember the Play-Doh Fun Factory? We no. were pushing Play-Doh through and it was oh, those yes, shapes, yes, but it yes. felt like I was doing it with cement. <laughs> Oof, bro. You can't even see this. I'm sitting, it happened two years ago. I'm literally sitting on a beanbag chair right now. Because I can still, my, my asshole has flashbacks. It was the Vietnam. It was, it was, it was tough. Shout out to our sponsors, Love Sack. Love sack. Oh, that feels good. I just, uh. so I want. I just want to go over a couple of news stories. Oh, we talked about this before, but never on the show. I finished watching the Drive to Survive, the Netflix show. Did you? I, have you guys seen this? I'm. I was obsessed with it. It's about Formula One. I never. My father was in cars my whole life. I never. I liked cars. I mean, I, I thought that like the DeLorean from Back to the Future would be a cool car to get. But I never was interested in NASCAR or anything like that. This show is so incredible. It's so good. The it's, way that it's filmed is, is literally like a movie. But here's the thing. Psychologically, it's unbelievable because these people that... So the cars, I asked a friend who was in that world... And I said, how much? Because when they crash a car or whatever, I go, how much is that car? It's like a million dollars, $2 million. Dude, so when they're, even when they're doing the lap times for pole position in, in, the, in the trials the day before, there are often times where they're crashing these cars. Oh, yeah. It's like $2 million. Yeah, it's a, it's a billion dollar. Did you know, though, that the uh, F1 sold for like, I think, 7 or $8 billion? And then when the Netflix show came out, their valuation forexed. And now I think F1 is worth like $40 billion. I believe that. Yeah. It's it's crazy that there's only 20 cars. There's 10 teams, two cars apiece. Yeah. And you have to go through the circuit. And so it's a very hard thing to do. But the craziest thing I think about it is, so uh, the, um, the team principals who are sort of in charge of everything. Now, sometimes they're the owner, like this guy, Toto Wolf, who owns Mercedes. He's the CEO. He's the main guy. And sometimes like for Haas, which is the one out of America, it's in Austin, Texas. There is an owner. There's a team principal named Gunther. And the craziest thing is you're not used to seeing people worth this much money sweat because when you watch Jeff Bezos, who has a whole PR team around him, who's just trying to make him seem like a fun guy in a cowboy hat, <laughs> right? Humans just like me. He's like an animatronic dude. <laughs> he just doesn't seem real. Or when you see Elon Musk, which I think was why the internet exploded when he smoked weed on Rogan's podcast. It's because they have these machines just trying to make them look good because I think so many people inherently think they're evil billionaires, whatever. But to watch these people sweat when the cars aren't doing well and their reputation is on the line and to watch them get mad knowing how much... You never see that insight. Yeah, I mean, the best. Mark Cuban is like the one guy in basketball and I love, I love the Dallas Mavericks. But he's sort of a television personality. These guys aren't necessarily television personalities so much so... That the guy who got fired for um, his name is uh, Matteo Benito from uh, from Ferrari, he wasn't good. It's uh, like he, obviously he can speak English, but I don't think that he was very comfortable in the second season. So all of his answers were sort of short and sort of like, "Yes, uh, we want to win," <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh, but how do you think you're doing this year? We could be better." And then they let him speak, or like they, I think somebody on his team was like, "Can we let this man speak in Italian?" And then he's just like, and then he was like, "But to even watch him, it's like, and this guy, they all look amazing. They, like they look sort of like Bond villains. They all look like Dick Tracy characters. Like this dude has the craziest hair. He's got a lot of like sideshow Bob going on, and they're trying to be cool, knowing full well that they're being filmed." They're trying to all be cool about it, but some of them are just losing their shit. And the drivers, they, it's a, such an interesting sport because they're selling a lifestyle as much as anybody. They're all these like incredibly good looking, you know, sort of like chiseled and they're all, they're all young, right? They, they look like, they look like Kevin Spacey's most wanted. And, and, uh, and then the, then with Lewis Hamilton being the only black driver in the history of the sport and then he was crushing it for years at Mercedes and to see that dynamic 
you know, going because and now it's they have a few Asian drivers, which is cool, and to see how the the sport is expanding into other countries. But it's just so interesting to watch these people like gamble with that much money. Where and no matter how the rain conditions, you think people can't drive in LA in the rain? They, these people are going at Mario Kart speed. And when one crashes into each other, I mean, th this one guy almost died. Yeah. And it's flipping and everything. I mean, it is as dramatic as you possibly can get. And they're not embellishing, by the way. These are the real races. They're not creating storylines the way that, like, next time on the Kardashians. Oh, no, I thought we were all wearing pink. And then you're like, Dude, were they all wearing pink? It's like, who fucking cares? This is like, the guy is like, Red Bull's been cheating. And then I love the British guy. Wait, wait, I can't remember. Wait, his name is... um. Oh, I didn't even write his name down. This guy's amazing, though. But he, uh, he, he, uh, he, he's this smug guy from. He's married to Jerry Holloway from uh, uh, Spice Girls, and he's sort of yeah, yeah. Their principal is married, and so he's sort of, you know, that calculated Bond villain where he goes, well, we'll just have to see about that. He does do that, and then they hold on him. Yeah. And then Toto Wolf, yeah, the Austrian, who's a who's a not used to losing, and then he goes, well, he's definitely cheating, but trying to keep his cool. But you could just see the color in his face has changed than it was when they were winning. I mean, it just I don't know. I think it's so cool, and I love the movie Rush. Oh, the, so good. The movie Rush is if you haven't seen it, it's unbelievable. Ron Howard directed it. It's about James Hunt, who was a British race car driver, played by Chris Hemsworth, very nice, sort of a party boy who loved to drink and he loved to fuck. Yeah, and I love to hunt. Trophies and pussy, James Hunt. Um, and then Nicky Lauda, who's the Austrian, who's played by Daniel Bruhl. To me, I think one of the finest film performances in the last he 20, 30 years. He smashed that role. Dude, he, he looked just like him. Yeah. And Nicky Lauda famously was involved in a uh, almost fatal car accident, was in the hospital, and he came back. It's, it's just about their, them being frenemies and sort of pushing the other one to do. And it is, I feel like, the one thing people go like, well, you know, what do you think about F1 now? I do think that it's making me a more aggressive driver. Like I realize when I'm on the road, I'm like, I think I can pass this guy. And I, I most of the time cannot. And it's not, I don't think I'm, but I, I'm in the mentality and I'm sort of like mm -hmm, trying to go down the road. And I mean, man, just to see that it's, it's thrilling. It's a way that I never looked at driving before. Are you a one hand driver or a two hand driver? Uh, depends on if I'm giving the guy I'm passing the finger. Uh, no, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably a one hand driver. Yeah, same. Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm also uh, left handed when I drive, and I'm a right handy. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, let's see. What am I doing with my other hand? <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> We're gonna cut this. <laughs> um, let's see. No, I'm. Let's see. What am I? Yeah. No, stick shift. Yep. Uh -huh. No, but I drive an automatic. Yeah, you sit on your left hand. Uh, up, up. Um, but that's the thing. Like, you, you, you got to think because they have little. If you haven't seen it, the way that they drive, it's like a little controller, and 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 they're constantly being monitored. And the the car is a computer at the highest level. Correct. And so they're anything that they do like this at the speeds. I mean, you do this too far, you're into the stands. And so you can only the craziest thing about the sport is you can only do it by doing it. So there's. Because they move up, right? F3, F2, F1. And when you get an opportunity, if you don't like succeed immediately, you're out of it. There's too much money at stake all the time. It's never just for shits and giggles. Also the rules. Uh, it's very hard to understand why when you're in the lead, all of a sudden you have to let another car pass you. And you're just like, why? And then you realize that there's like a history of rules that they're following. Yeah, that they have to... That they have to... Uh, yeah, it's weird, or, or you get penalties for stuff. Mm -hmm. And they have wet tires and dry tires. And the team, there's there's a thousand people working on that. I mean, that pit crew, if you don't put that tire right on, I mean, it costs you everything. And it's it's by a second. You remember that old show on Hanna-Barbera called Wacky Races? No. It was, yeah, it was, it was sort of like F1, but it was over. Because F1 is cool. I mean, NASCAR is fine, but the circle, I mean, I'm sure it's hard, but the idea that you're going like this, when you do Monaco, you can't see around the turns. You have, you have to just know Monaco. Yeah, it's, to, it's insane. It's almost like you have to memorize every inch everything. of that course. And so the wacky races, that's when they do um, Dick Dastardly and Muttley. 
The Muttley was the dog, his sidekick. They go. <laughs> they did a. It was an old Hanna Barbera cartoon. That was that was that was the extent of my racing knowledge up until this Drive to Survive show. Was cartoons driving old beaten up machines in wacky races. Check it out. Um, animal news. That segment that we were we're trying to make work that isn't. Welcome, I'm David Attenborough, and welcome to Animal News. I saw the other day neckties for dogs, which I thought was very foolish, because the little wiener dog stepped, kept stepping on his necktie. <laughs> That's just a missed opportunity. You gotta <laughs> give him bow ties, bro. Too good. Give him bow ties. Who doesn't want to see a wiener in a bow tie? Also a frequent dick pic, I said. <laughs> I was going to go there, but then you did. They, uh, I went to go see the, uh, the Covenant last night, the Guy Ritchie movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. And in the snack line, these two, a couple, had little pillows that they were holding. And they had kittens. You're lying. I swear to Christ. I'm going to put it up on my Instagram story. They brought cats to the movie they theater? They brought kittens. No, no, not cats. Kittens. No, and by the way, they were, th they were this big. They right. were so little, and I wanted to know what movie they were seeing, those cats, because it couldn't, you, you wouldn't want something loud. Like, The Covenant is about our, the, the U.S.'s time in Afghanistan. I, I was like, I hope they're not going in there. Maybe they went and saw Mario. Yeah, cats do like that. A little dee, animation? Dee, dee, dee. Yeah, cat, I don't think their eyes could, their eyes were like, those, they looked like mole people. They were just, they were so, they looked like they needed a meal and they, and they, and they were on silk pillows. It's like, it's like those cats were Kings and these people were their servants or DJ Khaled shoes at a Lakers game. Exactly. <laughs> the, yes. Watch. He's going to start wearing cats. That, that guy, you could tell he didn't give a fuck about the environment. Oh no, he He's going to have cat skinned sneakers. But, but these little dudes, and I, and I thought to myself, like, it, but it didn't phase anyone. That's where we're at in society in L.A., where people can just bring. There's no way those were emotional support anything. And they were just being brought to a movie theater? For why? And this was a late show. These kittens should be asleep. And they look too young to not be by their mother. I was just about to say, where are these kittens' mothers? Maybe she was in the theater waiting. They were just getting snacks. <laughs> By the way, none of the snacks are safe for kittens. Most of the snacks at theaters, not safe for humans. So true. The, the popcorn, my buddy used to work in a movie theater, and he said what they used to do is they would take a giant garbage bag. Oh, please don't. And they would take all the popcorn from the night before and put it in the bag and store it. Oh and then the next God. day, they would just put it back in there, and they would just salt it. Oh, my God. Bro, we, we don't take care of each other in this world. No, we don't. How much money are we saving by bagging it like you rake the lawn? Trash bags full of day-old popcorn. Hey, everybody's got to make a buck. I mean, uh, yeah. A buck is probably all they saved. Yeah. But also, we don't take care of each other. Did you hear about the on that cruise ship? There was, uh, there was a guy who died at sea on a celebrity cruise was the name of the cruise ship. I wonder if Celebrity Cruise, did you, there was an old casino called the IP uh, the, at, uh, in Vegas where they would have celebrity dealers. Did you ever go to this place? No. Dude, they would have celebrity impersonators. De they were called dealer-tainers. What? By the way, not a good word. No. A not a, yeah, word. They, they're, can you believe it? They're shut down. And you would just have Michael Jackson being like, oh, Oh, just like do it. They would just, they would, they weren't just like dudes and women just being like, all right, you want to, yeah, dealer, dealer wins. They were like in it the whole time. Like, and, and it was always, it was like Cher, Lady Gaga and Whitney Houston. And then in the middle where the pit boss was, there was a pole, like a stripper pole or something, or maybe just a stage. And they would get up and they would take a break and they would do like a, a, a hit, like a, I don't know if they lip sank or they or they actually did the song, but they would like take a break to give everybody a show at like two in the afternoon. I feel like there should be a whole casino in Vegas. It was. Wait, it was. It was the IP. 
It was, dude, it was 100% real. And then it was gone. But, the, but that's the thing is I wondered, celebrity cruises, I didn't even look this up. I wonder if celebrity cruise ships, they just have celebrity impersonators. Let me tell you something right now. You get real tired of that motherfucker doing Johnny Depp the 10th day. I mean, that, that, here's the thing about impressions. Like, I, listen, I love them. I make a living doing them. But nobody wants to hear, you know, room service, can I turn on the bed? You're like, Johnny, can you just give us a fucking second here, man? Sorry, I'll just wait outside here. Just wait outside. Just let you know the buffet is open. The buffet is open. Try the shrimp. It was caught fresh this morning. The captain just dresses like Captain Jack Sparrow. Oh, God. You can't tell if he actually is drunk on rum the whole time. You just don't want that. You you don't want celebrities like to be, you don't want to be, you don't want to feel like you're living in a wax museum and there's just no real people you can talk to that everyone's just playing a person. It's like you're living dinner theater at sea. That would be a nightmare. But I think a really funny comedy, a murder mystery at sea. And it's like there's 10 Marilyn Monroe's or 10, like, or just like Seth Rogen, one of which Seth Rogen did it. And you know, one of them just doesn't look like it. Like one of them is just a, a black guy, but he does an amazing Seth Rogen impression. Right? That there's just like, or there's like, oh, that would be the worst. 10 Johnny Depps. Oh, oh my God. I'm making myself angry talking about this. 10 Amber Heard's would make me more upset. 10 Amber Heard's. They come as a pair. And, they, and by the way, you know when Amber Heard, she cleans the room, she leaves some shit in your bed instead of a chocolate. That's how you know she was there. Chocolate shaped shit. He goes, oh, you've cleaned the room. The rum bar's been refilled. He's always asking for a tip. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Then I just, I don't want to see that. But they, but they had it in Vegas and it was just, it was very talented people. But anyway, on this cruise ship and the celebrity cruise, the... This guy died at sea and they had, there were two options that they gave the family. Number one, we can put your deceased husband, uh, we can drop him off at the nearest port, you know, and, 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 and somebody from a funeral service, whatever, can pick him up. But then I think that they had to transport the body back to the hometown or we can put him in a freezer, a deep freezer at, for six days and wait till you get back to like Fort Lauderdale or some shit. So they, they decided, oh, we're just going to put him on ice and in the deep freezer. But they didn't. They put him in like the booze cooler. And so he started to decompose in the booze cooler. They had a real weekend at Bernie's moment there. <sighs> and then when they opened the cooler, he had started to decompose. and was like bloated and puffy. And now they're suing. Could you imagine? Did people get ice from those drinks? I hope not. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so fucking gross. People like try to go fuck in the freezer and then he's just in there like, sorry, we didn't know somebody was already in there. They're just like a dead dude. That's like a, that's a, that's like a, a Goodfellas thing. But at least, at least the mafia had the decency to put them in a deep freezer. They're just letting this guy out. They're making like snow cones with him. It, Everything it, is like Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom flavored. It, uh, the smell goes away when you freeze it, right? Yeah, but... but Yes, but it has to be a deep freeze. Okay. It's an inside-out freeze. Yeah, it's got to be, yo. <laughs> you got to, I would have stuffed him with ice packs. Or just threw him in a cold plunge. Well, I mean, <laughs> the water would have, you know, that, that would have killed him. He was already dead. Is no, that would have, that, he would just look like, he would absorb, he would have looked like a clump. He would look like Fat Bastard or Tom Hanks from uh, Elvis. You can't put him in water because then your body just starts to absorb. Could you, you imagine you, you, they put you him blow in a cold up like plunge? a balloon? Yo, and he just, he comes back and he looks like Baron Harkonnen from the movie Dune. He, he just is like, I mean, imagine like seeing that. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, shout out to our newest sponsor, Celebrity Cruise. Nobody takes care of your loved ones like we do. So, and Celebrity Cruise coolers. What else we got here? Oh, big, big history week, by the way. Jane Fonda released her first workout tape in 1982. Get it, Jane. Which is pretty amazing. I think that people can really only think of, oh, maybe Billy Blanks. Is that his name? I think the, so. The boxer? Yep. Tybo. I heard a rumor that he doesn't even do, that he doesn't even know karate. 
It's good marketing. He tie blows. <laughs> he, it is good marketing, but also like, I mean, anything, I mean, that Jane Fonda stuff. It, so if you haven't seen it, go back and look at the workout videos. It was jazzercise. It was all that stuff. I can only think of her and Richard Simmons. But what if Richard Simmons made a comeback? Richard Simmons has disappeared. I, I have no idea where he is. We, we This podcast, our, part of our mission here is to find Richard Simmons. If you have any information, please go to my website, jonathankitecomedy.com, and reach out to us. Or we'll make a number and then put it below. We'll put it below. We're looking for Simmons. We've been. We, we, it's a manhunt. We'd actually love for him to be a guest on the podcast. Richard, I'm sure you're watching or listening, wherever you get your podcasts. Please come on. Please be a guest. He, that guy, it's crazy to me that before that, because she released those tapes, right? Wasn't it? It's like the VHS tape in 1982. And I think most, come on, most of those were, people were just buying them to beat off. But whatever, that's still exercise. Dude, seriously. I mean, yeah, there's just all the, um, all of the, uh, the reviews are just guys with like yoked one arm and that's it. Well, if it's a workout video, then you got to learn to at least do it with both hands. Well, that's what they do. That, that's a, they're like, and switch, yep. and switch, and switch. That would be a great, that would be a great Jane Fonda porno workout video. And slide, and slide. What if you just did a whole jerk off video, but you guided them through the whole, the whole jerk? <laughs> that, wait, I did it or Jane Fonda? Either. Or Richard Simmons. We're leaving money on the table. Bro. That should be my OnlyFans. <laughs> that it's just me showing people how to jerk off. You've created a perfect three minutes. Dude, yeah, for yeah, to come on the go. <laughs> Coming and going with Jonathan Kite. It's my OnlyFans. <sighs> yeah, because you're busy. You you you're you have work and family life that you need to balance. But when do you have time to nut? <laughs> I'm Jonathan Kite. And I'm here to nut on the go. You just saw me earlier in the podcast, How I Drive. I take us to zero to 60 in three minutes. Um, it's, my, it's called Jane Fondle. Ooh, that's good. Jane Fondle. That was good. Um, I think, bro, yeah, the, at the speed at which you do it, and I create for the car... I create a, another another costume change where I have a TV tray over me that if somebody just looks in, it just looks like my hand is here. <laughs> I create a fake arm for this in the car. It's called the stranger. <laughs> you don't have time to sit on your arm. Let us do it for you. It, it is. It's a fleshlight that looks like a hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and someone, and then, and on the outside, it looks like, a shake weight. So if people do look in, it just looks like I'm working out, working, which I am. Yeah. It's a very complicated contraction. It probably takes about five minutes. We have to figure out, we have to get a pit crew. We're working on a prototype to see how fast we can set this up and how fast. Yeah. <laughs> you burn through rubbers. I, I think this is gold. I think it's gold. Man. Also, <laughs> The installation of Pope Benedict happened in 2005. Do you remember him? He was the Hitler Youth Pope. He was uh, in Hitler. Uh, he was in Hitler's uh, gang gang when he was little. That Adolf gang gang. If you go back and look at this guy, just because I, I was just googling images, he has. He looks like a Scooby Doo villain. He looks like he's wearing a mask, and he would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for those kids. I feel like they're, that's also what he said about fondling young boys in the church. Ooh. I would have gotten away with it. I would have gotten off if it hadn't been for those damn kids. That, that is a Pope's, the Pope's are the ultimate Scooby-Doo villain. I think a lot of those old dudes with power are villains. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the fact that they, that he, he, Stepped down, and they kept him on the property. How close to the Vatican to schools? 
Too close. Too close. Is the answer. We've just been demonetized by the church. Al Pacino was born in 1940. Wow. Wow. You even said that like Al Pacino. Wow. 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 1940. That was a long time ago. I would say Al Pacino looks like a fish who's being fed. You know, funny, funny, quick story. Mom was a waitress, New York City. Al Pacino walks in. Super dick to mom. Mom swears she spit in his burger. (laughs) Why is there a loogie in my fucking burger? Sorry, mom, for outing you, but, you know, had to be done. Al Pacino's always trying to get a hair out of his mouth without touching it. He's like a pug trying to clean peanut butter off some shit, right? Watching you do this is just entertainment at its finest. He's got a lozenge that he just can't seem to... He has an everlasting gobstopper in his mouth. mouth. What are we talking about here? All right. He, Al Pacino, it's funny because... He's one of those guys we talked about in the before where he you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain because I feel like the way he sounds now is because of the way people do impressions of him. What are you talking We listen to him in Godfather. He's just like, what are you talking about? No, Fredo, Fredo, you know, how are we doing over here? I can't, the, you know, the famous lines from Godfather I just said, Fredo, what are we doing over here? <laughs> um, let's see, who else? Oh, uh, this is the craziest thing. So in 2018, Simpsons aired its 636th episode this week, surpassing Gunsmoke as the longest-running scripted primetime show in the United States. The Simpsons? Yes, in 2018. Gunsmoke was on for 20 years on TV. And here's the craziest thing. They were on for radio 10 years before that. A radio... Television iteration of that was on, I think, for almost or right around 30 years. That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. Could you imagine? I mean, it was about, I think it was 1870. I don't know if it was Dodge City. I can't remember where the the gun smoke took place. But it's like, I mean, that's that is that it was on prime time. The idea that we're that we and it's and it was heralded is one of the greatest shows of all time, especially for its time. But on radio, I mean, it still holds up. We think about a show going too long if it's like three or four seasons. And then we and we do with streaming, we only do like six to eight episodes a season. And now you're just like, dude, they did 635 episodes of Gunsmoke. Yeah, that's wild. And this is scripted, right? Because isn't there like, a, isn't, isn't Survivor the longest show on television? Survivor is, and this is scripted. This is... Uh, Gunsmoke was a Western and it was, it was in prime time. So it's just incredible to me that, that something would be that long. And if it was good, it just kept going. And the Simpsons, right? Like I haven't seen a new episode of the Simpsons in a very long time to be admitted, you know, admit, but I still think that is a great show and I'm, and I'm glad that it exists. Because pretty soon, when it goes away, we will remember yeah. that is one of the, the best shows of all time. Easily. I mean, to me, when I was growing up, it was Simpsons or In Living Color. Mm-hmm. Those were the two shows, I think, that, like, that shaped me in my youth. I always said my comedy tastes were that of Wiz Khalifa. You either had to be black or yellow. And those shows would come on right after each other. And... I just remember that was the only thing when I got to watch something on Sunday. That's all I watched. We got to watch an hour of TV. My parents really limited our TV. And so I would only watch that Sunday nights. And I remember that's what everybody was talking about the next day at school. Like if you missed that sketch on Living Color or like that joke, whatever, on The Simpsons, then you didn't know what people were talking about. You might as well stay home that next day. You were out of it. I remember those days in school where you had to like know the no or else you just weren't, or you weren't cool. Well, everybody that I grew up with watched 90210. I never saw the show, Beverly Hills 90210. But I felt like I was really on the outs for that. And I didn't want to watch it just to be involved in the playground gossip. But I remember I was trying to 
I was trying to uh, not even hook up with this girl. I was I was so young. But she was like, oh, I'm going to miss the episode. And I was like, oh, I'll tape it for you. 90210 on a VHS. Thinking that like we would mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'd be good. You yeah, know we I mean? know. We know. We know how we do. So I taped the episode on an old VHS of 90210 and gave it to her. I'll never forget. In the park. That was a pimp move, bro. Dude. That was a pimp move. Uh, yes, it, it, uh, it, it worked out later in life. That was just so funny. Like that, what you used to do to try to get, I mean, not even late. I was like, I was, you know, I was so little. Did you ever make a girl a mixtape where like you put together like 12 songs and you like put all your heart into it and you were like, here girl, listen to this. I made mixed CDs. Okay. Same shit. I was not good with the editing, with the tape. The, the, the CD was so much easier. CD was easier. Yeah, I tried to, I, I tried to make a girl a mixtape in in my adult life when nobody when tapes didn't exist anymore, and I bought her a boombox to play the tape on. Again, pimp pimp move. Yeah, man, it did not go well. <laughs> I have there is a restraining order. <laughs> Uh, the first song was Help by the Beatles. Oh. I made a follow-up. That's what it, It's in a series that I call, this is what Jonathan Kite calls music, volume two. No, it actually, it worked out good, but it just, that was a pretty bold, I, I remember thinking like, this is either going to go great or it's going to go terribly. How, how old were you? When I made this mixtape? Yeah. 52. <laughs> it was It was yesterday. <laughs> And I'm waiting right now to see if I get a call from the authorities or her. No, I probably was in my 30s. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I made CDs all throughout my 20s. Your boy was burning CDs. Oh, burning. Burning, baby. Burning. Thank you for, we didn't, uh, we, I, I threw up the question thing last minute. So we didn't really get to get any questions. So I'll, this was one that I didn't cover last week. People asked me, how did I learn my Trump impression? And I will say this, that I did Trump at the rallies. That's where I started doing. Where he, he sort of screams a lot up here, where he's talking to a huge group of people. He's saying and he falls off. And it's more that he's projecting, but he doesn't realize the microphone is on the whole time. Like Trump's one of those guys who, the mic is right here. So, all, you know, excuse me, he can still talk to a lot of people like this on the stadium. They can project. It's totally fine. But he would get out there as if he didn't realize that this was amplifying what he was doing. So he'd be trying back there to yell all the time, and then he would fall off. I did this. I would fall off at the ends of it. So that's how I learned my Trump impression. <laughs> That'll do it for another episode of Kite Club. I'm Jonathan Kite. Remember, come see me in Tempe, jonathankitecomedy.com. From all of us here, Paul Corey, I'm Jonathan Kite. You'd be too if you were me. Good night, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.